Hello, this is Chris with Brother Speak Podcast, where we talk about black LGBT issues and topics, and I'm your host, Chris, as I said before, and I am, this is my political, I guess you could say, my political uh, podcast that I'm having with Mr. Hawson here. Um, this is uh, Michael, Magic Mike is what we call him, Hawson. He's over in the Black Caucus. He's on the local chapter here in Broward County, and uh, I wanted to have this podcast for several reasons. Um, I think a lot of people, I think it's very safe to say a lot of people were very disappointed in the election and the turnout and um a lot of people really just don't know what the hell happened. And I want to make sure I have this particular special podcast. One, to actually talk about, one, LGBT topics, but also just black in general and just the people in general of what we potentially may face, what we may feel pertaining to our future and all the work that has been done for the past several decades. Um, I think right now a lot of people are just really in this state of Unawareness, very afraid, very unsure. So I want to introduce Magic Mike. Hello, Magic. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. <laughs> not a problem. Not a problem. Thank you for coming. By the way, thank of you for course, coming. Of so, you know, you were the first person I thought of because I wanted to. I wanted people to kind of get an understanding of this whole thing. And I said, well, who better to actually get the whole <laughs> better understanding than Magic Mike? I appreciate that. <laughs> so, well, first off, tell me what is your whole deal? Because you were working on several campaigns during this time, right? Mm-hmm. And what was, well, first off, what campaigns were you actually working on? Well, um, I worked on uh, County Commissioner Dale Holness for District 9, which okay. covers Central Broward. It's uh, Lauderdale Lakes. Lauder Hill, uh, like a slice of North Lauderdale, Margate, Tamarack, um, but also Plantation, Sunrise, Sunrise, Fort Lauderdale, and Oakland Park. So it's it's quite a large area. It's the majority uh, black seat in the county. Um, and, you know, we pulled out a victory for him to keep him in place. And okay. then I also worked on um, Mark Douglas's campaign. He's a, an attorney. Uh, he ran for the city commission in Sunrise, and he's actually the first black commissioner elected to Sunrise City Council wow, okay. in his 55-year history. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're very proud of that. Nice, uh, nice, nice. By 51%. And that's huge. Wow. That's a huge amount. Okay, okay. I mean, huge. well, one thing... With sure. record turnout. <laughs> With record, record turnout? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, number one, I mean... When you when you guys saw well, first off, congratulations on that win <laughs> and you being a part of that. So I know if I run, I know who to call. Uh, now the thing about it is, I think um, it may have took everyone by shock. I'm not sure of what because I know um, Hillary Clinton. She was actually really, really promoting very heavy down here in South Florida, mm-hmm. and. We came out. Broward County came out. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. We came out. I think our numbers were what was it? I think overall eighty percent of definitely on our side or sixty. What was almost? We we got to about seventy eight, seventy nine percent turnout in Broward, which is huge because we have um, about six hundred thousand registered Democrats. Yeah, um, we have two hundred and fifty seven thousand Republicans. And three hundred and eight thousand NPAs and a couple thousand others. So we're looking at almost one point two registered voters wow. in the county. Seventy percent is huge. I mean, wow. not quite record, right? 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 You know, right. overall for the county, um, our highest record now is for um, our turnout for Obama. President right, Obama right, in right, 2008 right. and 2012, uh-huh. but we got pretty close. So turnout was real. We had a lot of campaigns who were working very hard. You know, you had a lot of local campaigns going on for the city commissions, the county commissions, um, the judge, the uh, property appraiser, the, the clerk of courts, yeah. the, uh, the sheriff. You know, we had third party organizations like um, Super PACs, like For Our Future were here. You know, the presidential campaigns are here. Yeah. You know, every Everyone was here on the ground because they know how important South Florida was. Right, right, you know? right. And so that's what contributed to that turnout. We had huge turnout for early vote. We nice. had huge turnout for um, the vote by mail ballots, okay. you know, which is what we've really been pushing from um, both just the... You know, the third party, just liberal movement, like that's what we want our people to do because they're not turning out enough. But also directly from the party, you know, we were pushing that, you know, all of our people on our committees and our clubs and our caucuses and stuff like that. Everyone voted by mail. 
Gotcha. Oh, okay. because we're all we're all working election day. True, true. We don't true. have time to go to the polls. <laughs> to deal with most people, right? Right, That's right, why right. We want them to do the vote by mail ballot in the first place. So um, there was a lot of work put into turning out for this election. So gotcha. we definitely went, and that's evident also with you know some of the state amendments that were passed. So Could for instance, Amendment Two for the medical marijuana. Yeah. I was the regional coordinator back in 2014 for Broward and Palm Beach. Oh, and, okay, okay. You know, we I, my counties won the vote then, but it didn't pass because of the rest of the state. Gotcha. So now because of that extra turnout we have for the presidential election, yeah, yeah. that's one of those things that passed with like 71, 72 percent of the vote. It was huge. That was a bit. And, you know, I guess, you know, when it comes to the, the marijuana thing, I mean, of mm-hmm. course, it actually has many benefits to it. Mm-hmm. But also when you kind of look a little bit. A little bit deeper in the details, it, can, it appears to me that the type of marijuana is not necessarily all the, I guess, the, a lot of bells and whistles to it. There's a certain type of medical marijuana that they're allowing. Oh, okay. See, well, there, yeah, people were somewhat confused because what the legislature did a couple of years ago is they passed a bill that allowed a particular strain of okay. marijuana that they call Charlotte's Web. Okay. And that was to be used for medical purposes, specifically with children who suffered with um, like epilepsy and seizures and stuff, stuff like that. It's treated for that and you're right that um, it is a modified version Um, it doesn't have all the complete components of the whole plant right you know so that um, basically it's missing the THC that gives you the euphoric feeling which is what people are smoking it to get high for right 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 so the other cannabinoids you know can work to help address the symptoms of a lot of different ailments that actually afflict people gotcha gotcha but one of the things that research also shows that The best treatment, if you're going to use that, is the whole plant. You know, modifying it to remove the THC, to remove the euphoric experience from it, actually lessens the overall health benefits of it. Right. Because it works in combination. All of it works in combination. We shouldn't be surprised. Right. Right. Right? (laughs) So um, what Amendment 2 does for us now is that it's not limiting it to a specific strain of marijuana to be used. It's going to be whatever is going to be cultivated and available here in the state. Those are further regulations that need to be implemented by the legislature now that the amendment has actually passed. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So the amendment just really said that it's legal and it can be used for certain purposes, um, specifically medical purposes with a specific list of approved conditions with which it can be treated. Gotcha. Okay. 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 So the rest of that, like how many dispensaries are going to be available, how many growers, licensing and all of that with the pricing structure and taxes are going to be collected and spent and all that. That is yet to come. Oh, boy. So, um, okay. and I'm glad that we started talking about that first because that's been my message since the end of the election. Okay. A lot of people are upset about what happened and they're feeling despondent. I'm like, you know what? We don't have time to wallow. That's true. We really, we really don't. We, we really, really don't. do not. Yeah. We cannot turn away. Yeah. All that's right. True. Disengaging from the system is what brought us to this point right now. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. If we really feel like Donald Trump is dangerous and the Republicans who are controlling Congress are dangerous and the people who support them are dangerous, then we cannot turn a blind eye to the work that they're going to be doing for the next four years. That is very true. Not if we plan on protecting ourselves. And and that's at a number of, of levels. So just sticking with the marijuana issue, let's say that you're a black businessman, you want to get into that. You know, you need to make sure that you're paying attention to what's happening at the Capitol. Right. Make right. sure that you're going to lobby days and paying attention, making sure that you're reading all the news that's possibly available, making sure that you're engaging your representatives ahead of any news that may come out. Gotcha. So they know that you are interested and that you are a voice. You are, are, are a constituent that needs to be fought for. Exactly. And you the know, thing that the hmm. party needs to know now, what all Democrats need to know now. Now, our responsibility yep. is to be the opposition party. The opposition party. And have we been doing a good job of that? Oh, no. Not at all. They, the, the Democrats, and I think especially here in Florida, they achieved a certain amount of success. And I think that they got complacent. And not to mention, you know, because people... 
people are people are people. Yeah. We all know now that we have several people in leadership of the party who were no good for us at all. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to name names. Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Allison Tant. Okay. You know, right. who, they both need to go sit down somewhere. You know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, uh, I think um, one of the rappers... Uh, He's very political in the stands, and I just saw a something he said on with TMZ. Uh, not was it better? No, not better. David Banner. Not David Banner. Or not, Killer Mike. Killer Mike. There you go. There you go. And Killer Mike, he made it very pointly clear that we should make the Democrats work for our vote because mm-hmm. right now they're very, they're very like it's almost like we already got that, mm-hmm. and so we really don't give that much value to our votes, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that he was actually uh, saying recently, not not this long on YouTube. You guys should pull it. Right now, what do you say to that? Do you agree with that? Um, absolutely. We do need to make them work because that was our failure. You know, we had leadership who decided that they were going to tell us which candidate we needed to vote for. Yeah. And we thought it was offensive that Donald Trump, you know, made that little appeal to African-American voters saying, you know, what have you got to lose? I mean, honestly, the Democratic Party been treating us like that for how many decades now? Yeah. You know, I mean, let's be honest. That's true. That's very true. Because, you know, it's like you are, we all know as black people, all right, being a black man, being a black woman in America, like, who else are you going to vote for? (laughs) See, and you know, that's the thing. I think because of the fact that people look at Democratic, by the way, most people, I think, vote wrong anyway. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Latino also vote wrong when it comes to Republican, and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, Latinos have said that through the years we vote we're voting wrong. We're just voting for this particular reason, mm-hmm. and a lot of blacks also tend to vote wrong just because of the fact oh, that we listen, li- almost we just, a quarter yeah. a quarter of black men in Jacksonville voted for Donald Trump. You're kidding me! You are kidding me! Wow, a quarter almost. Wow. Okay, so the thing that we also fail to realize and acknowledge is that politics has become even more now a popularity contest than it is a competition of ideas. I think I think I have the perfect solution. Let's just make a reality TV show. <laughs> we don't know. We don't necessarily call it the Apprentice. Let's just call it the Black Apprentice. The, let's just call it the Black People Show. Whatever. And just be. A reality TV star, you will make it. Omarosa got a position. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Donald Trump, as mm-hmm. many people have said that this man has probably the, it comes across, his language is like the, the grade of a third grader, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we vote for him. And it, it don't take that much. As long as you have popularity, as long as you have a brand, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all you really need. I think we kind of got the formula. Mm-hmm. So the, the part that I guess, for number one, I want people to understand why is the local vote deeply more important? And I think a lot of people really don't quite understand it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really don't mm-hmm. turn out to local votes at all. Can you please explain to a lot of people why locally voting is deeply important? Well, I'll... I'll put it like this, Chris. Like, you know, when when the streets are flooding, who are you going to call? Not your congressman. That's true. Not the president. Yeah, that's true. If the lights on the street don't work where your children play, or the lights don't work at the park where your children play, mm-hmm. who are you going to call? Not your congressman. True. Not your president. True. You that's know, true. people have to take a moment to hold their head up and look around them a little bit. You know, I I don't want to make it sound too much like a conspiracy theory, but there is a little bit of something to it when you really look that we are all so caught up in living our daily lives that we don't bother to take the time to be engaged civically. Okay, okay. You know, we're not going to our homeowners association meetings. We're not going to our local party meetings. We're not going to our city commission meetings. No, we're no. not going to the county commission meetings. Yeah. We're not going to any of the county hearings for anything. Yeah. Because I go, to, I go to these meetings. They happen, you know, weekdays, weekends, the workshops, seminars, during the middle of the day, in the afternoon, in the evening. 
A lot of people say that our government does not do anything to try and reach them. And it's not that I don't see that our government could do better in reaching out to people and establishing that line of communication. I have several ideas on that. But also at the end of the day, we also we realize that our elected officials and the bureaucrats who work under them, they are also people. They also have lives. They don't have all the time in the world to dedicate to trying to get you to pay attention. That's true. And you not trying to pay attention. That's true. That's very true. So, um, there are community boards for our people to sit on. OK, all you have to do is go meet an elected official. Let them know you're interested and, and submit your little application or whatever the city process or the county process is, and you get appointed. And now you have a voice. There are boards that advise our governments on what to do with land development, on where to put businesses and where to zone them. We have boards that determine how how just the the, the landscaping around the city looks and around the county looks. Right, right. Okay. Right. We have Department of Transportation and Engineering and everything and, and, and advisory boards for the canals and the road systems and all of that. Like, why aren't people participating? We have we have a taxing district here in Broward County for water and soil, water, soil and waste management. Wow. How many people actually voted in that? Mm. Um, about 300,000 people or so. You know, Jelani Harvey, uh, he won the seat here in Broward County, and he's also a young black man. Really? Yes. Uh, I believe he's 26. 26? Yeah. Won his first election. Holy crap. Well, congratulations. Yeah, and I I just met him a year ago at the, the, uh, was it a year ago? Maybe two years ago at the last convention we had up in Orlando, the last state party convention. Wow. He he was planning on moving back to Florida because he's from Broward and um, he wanted to be more involved with politics and stuff like that. He took it upon himself to come to the conference. He bought his own tickets, everything. He ain't know nobody there, but he made sure that he came. He got a schedule. He found out when the Black Caucus meeting was so that he can meet black people there. He came and he talked to us. You know what? I like that. I like 26 years old. Yes. Wow. And that is the kind of thing that I'm, I'm making it my mission now to inspiring people. Every day I talk to people like, it is so easy. You don't have to run for office like he did and deal with the mess with the water, soil, and, and yeah. management commission yeah. that he's going through right now. You don't have to do that, but you can watch watch the meetings online. Even if you don't actually attend in person at the time that it's happening, most of the cities and the county post the meetings Online, the agendas are there. The video recording is there. You can catch up. Wow! So really, at this point, we really absolutely have no excuse. No excuse, and it's a simple like one hour out of your month. Make a phone call. Write a letter. You know, let your elected officials know that you're watching. You know what is happening. Like with this this penny tax that the county wanted for transportation and infrastructure. Yeah. On the face of it, it sounds really good. A lot of people don't understand, you know, why they were being told to vote no. They voted no on the second part because there was a measure put on by the county and a measure put on by the cities, the leading cities. They both had to pass in order for the whole thing to pass. One of them failed. The city measure failed. Okay. Okay. That additional half penny. Okay. Now, the reason that I personally advocated for the failure of that is because I didn't feel like that money when they got it was going to be spent in the mo- for the most benefit in gotcha, the county. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I.e., it wasn't going to be spent in the black areas of the county. Ha-ha. Okay. Which actually totally makes sense. I mean, I mean but you know, here's the thing. Why do people want to pay attention when we're not even paying attention? If, we, if no one's going to give us attention, if we're not even necessarily doing it. And that is exactly it. If you are not voting and you are not staying in contact with your elected official after they won the election to let them know that you are going to hold them accountable for what they do, why should they care? I always use the analogy... Take a child into a candy shop, leave them in that bitch, and tell them don't touch nothing and walk away. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. 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 So why people? If people are people are people, why should you expect these people to be any different? They' fun to take what they can get if nobody is looking. You know, and it's kind of recently. I recently found out a little bit more information pertaining to even our police departments. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, the citizen board is not in every. 
every location. No. And you re- and the thing about it is that's something that a lot of people really just cannot, you have to really call to find out anything about yep. the existence of a citizen board. Yep. And when I heard about that, and that, by the way, mm-hmm. just because you have a citizen board don't mean that citizen board has any power or bite to it. Exactly. And when I found that out, I was astonished. First off, I was told that the the only one that really has some sort of a bite is, uh, I believe, is in California. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the model of what a citizen board should be. Right. Because and, they use a, um, a diverse invest structure. And basically, they are trying to encourage the police to have a certain type of interaction out on the street. Right. Right. Because they are anticipating to spend X amount of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rest of that money, the balance of that money is going to the oversight board, the civilian oversight board. Okay. Right? Okay. Which has the power now to start subpoena, subpoenaing records and stuff like that. Right. To actually investigate issues and to do something about it or to issue a, a, a thing about it independent of the actual police department itself. Gotcha. So it behooves the police department if they want to keep their budget, right? Yeah. To make sure that they're not having the negative kinds of interactions on the streets that they have historically had. Hmm. Now, it co- it's literally costing them more money to get in trouble with people than to do their job the way they're supposed to. Really? And that is the the thing that our activist community here in South Florida has been switching to from the body camera movement. Well, you know, okay, the body camera thing, yeah. The thing about the body cameras is that it's still dependent on uh, a biased uh, uh, power structure to implement that in order to keep us safe. Right, right. Right? You're still dependent on that same police department to actually faithfully record every single interaction they have with the public. Yes. You're relying on them to set up the infrastructure to store that information, review it on demand, and you are relying on them to issue issue you that data, that footage, whatever, upon your request on, in whatever timely manner they decide is appropriate. Oh, God. Wow. Good luck with that. And it's up to each individual law enforcement agency to implement it for themselves. So not only does BSO have to implement it for itself, but the the, the cities, the remaining cities who still have their own police forces like Lauder Hill and Plantation in them places, they're going to have to implement their own programs. Jesus. Exactly. It's too piecemeal. It relies too much on the existing bias power structure to actually do anything, anything about, about it. it. So we really and we and, and um, we as Americans, we tend to have a very short attention span and an even shorter memory. Yeah. So like that whole body cam thing is kind of gone from people right now. If it's it really not currently is. in the news, if it's not currently on TMZ or Shade Room yeah. or none of that, people not talking about it. You, you know, the, I think the last and it was actually a poll taken by the, I mean Capitol Hill or at least some some political uh, organization that took it. Mm-hmm. They said the, the only thing that people remember is the last nine months. Yep. Like how do you how do you think that the Republicans got reelected after they shut down the government because they weren't getting what they want and sequestration is still in place? Wow! Like people don't realize that many parts of sequestration are still in place because they were not able to make any movement on the budget. Right. You know they're they're passing these continuing resolutions just to keep the government going and so on and so. Listen. People really need to pay attention at every level. And all it takes really is an hour of your time every month. Just take a little bit of time to read. Look at what's going on in Washington. Look at what's going on in Broward. And look at what's going on in your city. You can make you can make three phone calls, write three letters, two letters on a phone call, two phone calls on a letter, whatever it makes sense for you. I guarantee you all of that will add up into one hour out of your time. But if everybody did it so that Debbie knew that all how, how many hundred thousand people, you know, or even a fraction, if a quarter of those people wrote into Debbie's office and told her how unhappy they were with her behavior, she would change. Wow. Because she she would know that they're not only paying attention, but they're upset 
and that she might lose that election. That's what matters to them. That's true. You can't just be mad that they're self-serving. Like, that's what we reward. That's that's what we say we want as leader. The loudest mouth in the room. That's true. Who can make their way. You know, Not someone who can negotiate their way. True. Not someone who can compromise their way. True. Not someone who can bring everybody else to the table and hammer out an agreement. Yeah. But somebody who can make their way, who can force their way through, right. who can shout everybody else down and put them in line. They like that. That is what Americans like. And it's kind of That's funny. That's why they voted for Donald Trump. And he, uh, but the thing about it is, I would, I would love the fact you can actually vote for somebody with some sort of intelligence with it. Keep in mm-hmm. mind, just, I mean, you just because you're in a business doesn't necessarily mean that business intelligence correlates to a political Climate to the correlates to uh, some sort of uh, some sort of uh, a gauge in terms of what the people really want. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go as many surveys you want, but the reality is, it's a pretty difficult thing. It's a very difficult because what your decisions you affect stock markets. It affects people. Exactly. Every, it affects everything. It's a delicate so, balance. It, so, uh, a, lot, a lot of people seem to only think, especially when I heard you know Mayor Giuliani say, you know, oh, people don't want the normal uh, people don't want the normal type of political guy anymore. They want somebody else. Outside the political scope, I came from outside outside the political scope of things, and and now you're part of the infrastructure, and yeah. <laughs> you're still there, and people are still supporting you. Like yeah. they are not also suffering under your leadership. It's ridiculous. Like. Why is the majority of people who receive federal aid poor white people living in Republican states? Wow, you're right. But you're they're right still that. they're still living on the image of the welfare queen. Yeah, there yeah. is Negroes around here popping out babies and and mm. have iPhones and swiping the EBT cards at the grocery yeah. store. It's it's one of those things that like they're the only ones. But you know, people are spoon fed information. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, a lot of people look at it as if I'm not spoon fed information, then I don't believe it. I don't really see it because no one's putting in the effort anymore, and, and right. the effort to even just to do absolutely anything. I mean, my God, but you that's know? why I applaud you for doing this podcast because it is exactly what I've been preaching to people. If we want the community to change, we have to produce our own content. You know what? We have to feed ourselves. See, and that's I. You know, I read this something recently. Uh, they're saying that black uh, black unemployment is high. It's not black unemployment is high. It's black entrepreneurship is low. That's what he said. Uh, and I, I kind of I look at that. And I say, you know what? To me, how it resonates to me. I said to myself, and I'm not by any way, by any means, condoning or looking at. Um, you know, diversity as a bad thing. But if you look at segregation back in the years, it was an actual benefit mm-hmm. because we were able mm-hmm. to work together. We were building things, building great infrastructure for ourselves mm-hmm. and building a, a better climate for ourselves. I and agree. I look at those things and I say, you know what, in many respects, the communities around us, the other people around us do that. Right. They just don't publicize it. Right. They don't make it very known. Now, when I'm looking at, you know, people like um, the cabinet selection that's being done right now. Oh, God. Um, you know, first off, let, let's talk about uh, Pence and why he is so desperate to hide these emails is beyond me. OK, uh, I don't know anything about what's in these emails, but, right. you know, I, I kind of. After, after all the foolishness with Hillary for him to come around here with these damn emails trying to hide and everybody. Like, oh, that's just fine. It's fine. Whole house burning down. It's fine. I'm right here in the kitchen, twiddling my thumbs. It's fine. You know, <laughs> this is the part that I'm saying to myself. Okay, now I'm curious. Why are you so vehemently trying to hide what's in these emails? Right. And and now that, but when it came, I recently heard about Trump. He was being sued, and now he's just settling. Settle, yep. settle, 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 settle. I yep. think he had a twenty-five million dollar lawsuit recently, and he right. just just settle. Well, yeah, because, I mean, he was complaining about getting unfair treatment from the media. I'm sorry, I did not hear half as much about the hundreds of lawsuits and whatever coming against I him really did than either. what I heard about Hillary. And that thing was dead and old yeah, that, at I, that point yes, for yes. her. I mean, honestly, I mean, she, she was not a great candidate. No, she was not. No, she wasn't she, even a decent candidate, to be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's be honest. Yeah, like, I, would she yeah. have made a good president? Yeah, I think that she could have done the job really well, actually. But 
she's not a real politician and she's a terrible candidate. And, you know, and so, you know, I, and you try to shove her, shove her down our throats. And it's kind of funny because majority of the world, I'm correction, majority of the nation is Democratic. Are they not? I think that's hard to say. I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm aware of the registration statistics nationwide, but I tell you what I do notice. Number one, that the Democrats tend to congregate in urban areas. True. If you if you if you look at the electoral map and you break it down like by the counties, um, I think I saw this on CNN or MSNBC, one of those channels the other night. Yep. And they were basically just showing you how the 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 coastal areas of the country is where we tend to congregate, and a little bit of Chicago because it's the majority of the cities, the majority of the right. heavy populated because cities. The ports are out here. Yeah. The tourism is out here, yeah. and the huge cities are out here. Yeah. So you have Miami, you have Houston, you have New York, you have L.A. and in Seattle, and all of those places along the outsides where the huge population centers are in Chicago in the middle. That's where most of your Democrats are. You know, it's just kind of funny because someone just... Everywhere else in between is colored red. (laughs) You know, you're right about that. But the funny thing is that even though it's it's clearly a larger landmass that's covered by the Republican Party, Mm -hmm. like, their numbers are much lower. But they seem to be more powerful, clearly. Ah, but that is the magic of gerrymandering. Yes. What is it? Gerrymandering. Gerrymandering. Oh, yes. That's when your congressional uh, representatives get to pick which voters they will have in their next election. Because, you know, they draw their own districts. They pick which voters? Yeah. They get to draw their own districts. So they make sure they draw districts that they can win, which are usually about 80 to 90 percent white. Wow. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow, wow, wow. And that's the other thing that killed us with, um, I guess, kind of the affirmative action thing and trying to give blacks and other minorities these access districts. They will draw really weird districts that congregate all our power into one seat. Yeah. And all the other seats around it are controlled by the opposition. Wow. By, well, by our opposite party. Yeah. And that is how they maintain control. That is, uh, it, but you know, I gotta, t- I gotta give it to them. That's being strategic. Mm-hmm. That's damn near. I yeah, mean, because let's take Florida for example. Where's the majority of the population in Florida? Broward County, West Palm Beach. You know, maybe Orlando's probably third after that. But I would probably say okay. South Florida. Now, name where you think what the bluest counties in Florida are. Broward County, uh, maybe Broward County the most. Um, Broward, West Palm, Miami. You know, that's kind of funny because I would think West Palm would definitely be a little bit more red considering that that's old money there. I would probably think that would probably be maybe split, but maybe a little bit more red than blue. But okay. I'm the majority, blue. And and in Miami, it's majority Latino. They always vote Republican majority of the time. Yeah. Well, the registration doses that we have, that's the thing. It's registration versus turnout. All right. Okay. Okay. Republicans. They have a much higher rate of regular turnout. Okay, in okay. Every election. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Liberal people tend not to vote. So, in other words, because we don't believe in the system as much, right. we give the other people the reins to really control. Yep. And that's a comparison that I make to people all the time. Wow. Like, if you are not going to participate, why should they care what you think? So, this is going to be. I guess for me, I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, okay, well, then basically we have been pretty much stupid this entire time. We have not necessarily taken much action. And by the way, I'm, I'm, and I'm not just, I haven't even touched on the LGBT, LGBT issues at all, but just being complacent, just being passive, just being, you know, it, it, I think right now you look for a reaction. You know, I'm looking for that reaction of now more people begin to band together, finding organizations. But I guess I'm being wrong. I'm thinking right now, I'm really thinking that people should be proactive, mm-hmm. not really reactive. Just proactive. Because really, anything that he decides right now is not going to really take place until two years. Is that correct? Am I wrong or no? Um, not exactly. There is a, The thing is that the president is the chief administrator of the government. That's his number one job. I think that... I, 
first and foremost, people need to understand that there was far too much emphasis placed on the office of the president, right? Okay. okay. And his power seems disproportionate because of one of his additional things, what we call the bully pulpit, right? That his election, his style, his leadership style and his government, his message is the is the voice of the people. It is the message of the people. Okay. All right. He sets the tone uh, as the one of the other titles that he has in the Constitution is chief legislator. Right. Which really means that he can present legislation to Congress. He can present a budget to Congress. Gotcha. Gotcha. Congress is under no obligation to do any shit that he wants. <laughs> Okay. Which is the problem that President Obama has had for yes. the longest time, yeah. right? Yeah. Congress is under no obligation to act. Look, President Obama introduced the jobs bill back in 2009. It was one of the first, top first hundred things he did when he got into office. He had the American Jobs Act ready to go. Congress ain't never did nothing about that. Keep complaining about jobs. Ain't nothing did nothing about it, though. Okay. They want to repeal Obamacare. Still haven't heard a peep about what is going to replace it. They just want to rip it up. So 21 21 million people can no longer have health care. That's so much better. I could see how that's so much better for us. Wow. I I, I do. You know, I mean, sure, there's socialized medicine in 100 plus other countries in the world, but it's impossible for us to do it here. It just it won't work. You know, <laughs> it, 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 aren't you tired of hearing that bullshit? You know, I it, and the thing about it, and, and, and the, coming from the medical industry, and I, you know, anyone who actually knows my history used to be in radiology for six years, me in pharmaceutical, used to be in medical staffing, and, mm-hmm. and you know, being aware of the medical climate, and you know, and being uh, mm-hmm. being aware of the insurance, being aware of FDA, being aware, all those things, I had to be aware of because I was employed in that industry for a very long time, majority of my career. Mm-hmm. And the more that I learn about the other countries and what they also go through on the medical side as well is mm-hmm. also a pain in the ass, apparently, for the countries. Bureaucracy is always a pain in the ass. Yes. My thing is when you're telling me that what we have now is better than what's existing in other countries who are taking better care of their people who demonstrably have better overall health of their populations than the U.S. does. Like you, I'm. A, I like to be a, a, a data-driven decision maker. Okay. okay, I like to look at things and say, okay, what makes the most sense, right? What? Well, first of all, you establish your goal, right? Yeah. Like, what is it that you want to achieve? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you say, all right, what makes the most sense in trying to achieve that goal? If you say that the optimum health of American people is your number one goal, uh-huh. all right. The insurance system and hot sick care system that we have right now does not get us there. True. Okay. What we had before does not get us there. Right. How can it possibly be better that people with pre-existing conditions don't get any coverage whatsoever? They should just go lay down and die somewhere. You know, and you know, I'll how be is it better that insurance companies can charge women, just women, more for their health care because they're women? You know what? I think a lot that of that goes against the very things that we have been fighting for leading up. And everything that people take at for granted now has been fought for and won by the liberal movement. Yeah. All right. Yeah. After the the uh, 1929 crash, the, uh, the that New Deal and everything set up the life that we have now. Okay. The fact that your children go to school instead of going into a factory or the fields to work. Right. The fact that you have weekends. Right. Right. And you know what? You're right. The weekends, actually, you're right about that. That was actually fought by the unions, I believe. Yes, it was. It was fought by the unions. If black people in general don't necessarily get involved, of course, you're not necessarily going to really, no one's going to really care. Mm -hmm. That's number one. But what I'm also looking at is that it's not just the black communities being involved. It's it's this also in trouble here. Mm -hmm. It's the LGBT community from what I see. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is a lot of, I think what I'm looking at, they're not talk. he says he's not going to talk about marriage. He's not going to touch that. Mm-hmm. Fine. But there's some things that each state, because we're talking about Pence, mm-hmm. and in his state, 
you have to put literally a man or a woman on the application to file for marriage. Indiana, where Pence was in the governor of, mm-hmm. and if you put anything other than that's considered to be falsifying an application, and that you can be arrested in the state of Indiana for. This is what Pence put in place as the governor of Indiana. That answers your earlier question about why local elections are so gosh darn important. Yeah. Because just just the fact that, you know, the Supreme Court said, oh, no, like, this is legal. Y'all can get married. That does not prevent states on an individual level from trying to obstruct your rights. Yeah. Okay? And the thing about that is they can do it first and then it gets questioned later that is the thing that about our our system the mechanics of our system that people need to understand you cannot say that oh that can't happen here oh yes it can and it will and then it needs to be challenged okay wow or you can get off your lazy ass and do something while it's happening Okay, kill it while it's in committee. Kill it while it's on the floor. Don't let it pass. That is your only option. Either don't let it pass or you fight it after it's been passed. And fighting after is going to take a longer challenge. Much longer. Much more expensive. And much more expensive. Absolutely. Wow, wow, wow. So that's why I said my message is to engage now. Don't wait for somebody to come reach out a hand to you. I mean, I've been preaching this to my fellow uh, party people and politicals and activists and stuff like that. You know, I use the metaphor, um, basically a landscape, a forest and a mountain. All right. A lot of people right now are lost in the forest. Yes. The destination is getting up the mountain. Some of us have made it out of the forest and started making our way up the mountain. Yeah. We cannot turn around and flashlights and call and do all that stuff to get people to follow us out of the forest. We need to lay down a breadcrumb trail and go back in, find our people and take them by the hand and lead them out of the forest. Gotcha. Okay. So that now we're all making it up the mountainside because when there are more of us, our chances of reading the top are greater and we can help each other along the way. We can keep pushing each other up the side of the mountain. You know, I honestly believe it's not the fact that people are lost. It's the fact that people are very complacent and they don't want to do anything about it. They look at the it's mountain. It's a lot of work. It's, it, it, don't it's get me wrong. It, guess what? Mm-hmm. And that's it's people. a part of life. You mean to tell me. That's it. It's, you mean to tell me you would rather just sit back and wait for the bullet. You know the person's going to fire. You know this person's going to fire. Like right now, I look at what the cabinets are being developed. With Trump, he is going to fire a bullet. He is yeah. going to fire a bullet. Are you telling me right now you're going to wait for the bullet? You're going to wait for the bullet. But you know what I learned, Chris? Because I'm like that. I'm just like that, and I like to talk to people like that because, or like one of my favorite phrases, like I can't believe I have to convince people that we should try and save the one and only planet that we know supports human life. Like, I cannot believe that that is a thing. I need to try and convince you of that. Right. Right? But what we have to understand is that we are not normal. Okay? True. We are not normal people. The fact that we care so much, all right, in this society at this time right now, we are not normal. And... You know, I know, I, and it's frustrating. You're like, oh God, why? I mean, like, why can't it just work? It's, you know, okay, okay. And anyway, you know, anyway. we are not normal, so we have to first acknowledge that and and be conscious of that when we're trying to reach out to everybody else who is not participating right now. Because you know what? You're right. A lot of people are not necessarily lost. They're not lost. They know things that are going on. The thing is, they don't know what to do about it. Okay. They don't know how to engage. They've never been taught how to engage. And that is okay. That's true. You don't get civics anymore. That's you get you get American government. It gives you the broad strokes of the history, structure, and function of the actual federal government. And that's all. You don't even get Florida history in Florida schools, Chris. You right. So I don't right. know what you want. You, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're, no, you're you're absolutely right. You don't get Florida. That's honestly something I think the community has to really do. The right. community has to teach Florida history not the school but that's why I said, that's why I used that analogy before that 
we can't just stay up on the mountainside and say that. We need to go back down. We need to go back down and find our people and say, hey, 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 I know you know the same problem exists, okay? And we all feel the same way about it, okay? So let's try and do something different. You know, and the more that Alternative structures, they work. You do. Focus on. They do. Don't necessarily focus on trying to fight the old, but continue to build new. If we're not getting Florida history in Florida schools, then what are our communities doing about it? There are plenty of community centers all over the place. There are plenty of existing community organizations already. You have the party here. You have your HOAs. You have your your city commissions and everything. There are advisory boards. There are existing tools already. Nobody's using them. You know, and and the thing about it is... They're letting them rust. And and the thing about it is I really believe, for the most part, that people have to get the 101, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Step one. Step two. No, literally. Step three. It is the most, they've done the research, the most powerful method to motivate people is a one-on-one conversation. Really? Bar none. Okay. Okay. And you know what? That most can be effectively in person, next most effectively over the phone. But if you can have a quality one-on-one conversation with people, you can flip them. Now, this is what I have a problem with that that little piece of information. People's, and I pulled up for my kids when I was in school um, because I was uh, kind of teaching them when it comes to the recent information. Definitely social media. I love marketing. And there's always a lot of information for pertaining to social media that's coming out. Mm-hmm. The average goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. Of, of, of three seconds, I believe, three seconds. We have less than a goldfish attention span. And that took 15 years to actually, no, last 10, 15 years to accomplish. Mm. And when I pulled it up, and I'm like, wait a minute. This, and by the way, social media measures this. Keep in mind, we have been so acclimated to just simply, if we don't like something in a second, if it's not really pulling us in, we click in less than three seconds. Mm. We click to move on to something else. That's why most of the articles have to say, if you want to read the full. <laughs> the site yep. click here yep. I mean that's they one of the reasons you, that's how they market now it's um, content advertising it, it, it's it. easier like give you a juicy headline to catch your attention and, and then they it. start off with a little bit of story and they cut it off right in the middle of the sentence that's and it. you click here to read the red thing. And but guess what a lot of newspapers have shrunk in size because yep. people don't want to read anymore yep. and same thing that's why they put them on digital you know, so and that is why I say it's still up to us. It's still up to the community. There's plenty of work for us to do. We have to put in the work to change people's behaviors. And that's a tough that thing. Is, it is very tough. And that is the thing that people need to understand first and foremost. It's not about changing people's minds. No, no. It's be- their hearts and their behaviors. It's yeah. about how they feel. Yeah. Donald Trump won because a whole bunch of poor white people do not see themselves making any progress. And yeah. here comes this man who looks just like them, playing upon their fears, okay? Because, like I said, they're not necessarily stupid. They're not necessarily uninformed. They know things are happening. They know they're on the way out. They're going to be the minority by 2050. They know that. And so it scares them. When you when you are about to lose something that you have, it's scary. And you will react very irrationally towards it. But why would you... Okay, this is my thing. All right, I'm looking at it from a, a standpoint of... Okay, fine, you have the elections, but if you look at history, and I love history, I love history because it tells us so many, it gives us the answers. It yeah. gi- history gives right. us the answers. Right. History says you didn't have to look that far. Look at what Reagan did mm-hmm. to the poor white people. Pull it. What Reagan did. Reagan did the exact same thing, and you, but you know what I think uh, uh, JB, uh, LGB said? You can tell a poor white man that he is a better than the I think the best black colored black or colored man he will give you his he will give you all the money you have right now in his pocket 
Yep. He, if you tell the poorest white man that he is still better than the best black man, you will empty their pockets. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. And history shows time and time again, time and time again, you always get screwed. History shows that. Mm-hmm. It's the same campaign, yep. same thing's been done, but no one cares to look into history. Nope. And the question then becomes in, okay, since we are bound to repeat history, Let's look at this particular time. When you look at alt right, by the way, for let's what, then, let's yes. then, by the way, let's let's not call it the alt right and legitimize that bullshit. Call it what it is. It's white supremacy, and it is, it is. Okay. But you know what? Let's not sugarcoat it because let me, I tell you what I see right now. Yes, we are in the propaganda phase of the Nazi Party right now. Yes, we are. Okay, yes, there is are. a campaign to desensitize people towards violence towards black people. It's okay. been that way for years, though. Political oppression. Yes. Okay. And out, just outright hate. But, but the thing about this, okay, this you what I reached that level. Look at the man. Look at the man who shot the little boy because he bumped into him. Shot and killed the boy because he bumped into him, and said, "As far as I'm concerned, that's one less piece of trash on the street." When was this? I don't know. About two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. See, I mean, th- this is what and people I'm talking are. About. It's working. People are becoming desensitized to it. But guess what? This has been the, the desensitizing has been going on for years before it came to this period. All the stuff that you see on media. This is just a ramp up now. Now is the is the it's time to. So really, what I'm seeing here, right now, I'm seeing the Nazi Party about to take place. Yeah. And what I'm seeing here is that there will be. A cleansing yep. of some sort, yep. and there will be a lot of bloodshed. But people will feel yep. as though, ha, ah, we've been we've been uh, relieved of this heinous people. But the reality is, what they don't do again, looking at history, mm-hmm. the Ger- Nazis started killing off Germans as well. Yep. But we don't take the time Listen, to look at that. You know what the best the best example I've seen of that recently is in Roots. All right. Chicken George and his master was on the way home from a chicken fight. And it was right around the time when the Nat Turner Rebellion was taking place. And some of them rough riders come to, to, to stop him, ask him if he know anything about Nat Turner. And where his master at, why he driving this wagon by himself. And he trying to wake up his master because the man drunk in the back. All right. But when the man finally is starting to wake up and he's bumbling with his words and slurring it, the man says, he, he goes to the other guys, he says, let's go, because this nigga here is harmless and that cracker there is drunk. Let's go. And the man got up so fast, I ain't no cracker. I ain't no cracker. You don't call me no cracker. Cuss after them, what have you. And then he, he turned to Chicken George and he said, they treated me worse than a nigger all my life. Wow. Always have. Wow. And it makes you want to, like, here you are with your very own nigger to make you feel better, and they still treat you like shit, don't they? See, and this is, this is amazing. The only thing I can basically say is this. It feels better to say alt-right for a lot of people versus white supremacy, uh, but it's still the exact same thing. So all you need to do is, and, and it goes back to when we say depression. We don't use the word depression anymore. We say recession. Because the, the R sounds so much better. Uh, so, and this is exactly what we really... It's the same thing, it's though. Rebranding. It's rebranding. Yep. And honestly, I'm now beginning to see that as long as you have a feeling... Not necessarily saying it's reality. Because everybody's saying... Well, perception, perception is reality. You know, that, that's the thing. People say... And honestly, you know what? You're right. You're right to a, to a degree, though. Because the reality is... What's still going to take place? Your perception okay. what's in your mind is still going to take place. Oh, yeah. So there is another reality that yeah. you just don't want to pay attention well, to. There, there's. Oh, I always say perception is actual. Perception is reality, but reality is not necessary. Actuality. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you. That's a better because the the reality is the people who really have the more the best power are the ones who well the plutocrats, mm-hmm. the one who really controls everything. Mm-hmm. And no one really wants to look at them. They want you to pay attention amongst each other. Let's right. fight amongst each other. 
I, I was going to say that it, it's funny that they found a way to turn our identity of politics against us. In the beginning, it helped the party build the big tent and unite everybody and say, yeah, we're going to do this. In the meantime, though, because leadership has become complacent but, and with continued effort and planning and, and, and hard work on behalf of the conservative movement, they've managed to turn that against us now so that... You know, you have African-Americans who don't consider anyone who comes from the island or anywhere else just because they skin black. They don't consider them black. They're not black enough. Like, <laughs> it's absolute bullshit. Like, you know, when a police pulls, when a police officer pulls you over, he does not see that you were born in Fort Lauderdale and, you know, somebody else was born down in Jamaica or Trinidad or wherever. He sees that your skin is black. So, first and foremost, black people need to get over that shit. Secondly, we have a tendency to be the only ones who really want to push for diversity. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Why? We're the only ones who talk about it, and we're the only ones when it comes to doing something for our community where people will actually, they will literally stand up and say, but we can't make it all black. We got to include everybody else, too. We got to be diverse. Is that for political reasons, though? Is that for uh, money reasons? That, it's, what? The, it's, it's, the, it's the the political correctness that white people complain about oh so much when it comes to everybody else. But yet, we're, but yet we don't realize that-, that we're doing it. That's the thing. But Because I believe, I don't know, this might sound some kind of way, but I really do believe that, I don't know, deep down, there is something about the psychology of black people that just make us more gracious at heart. There's a certain way that we handle things that, like, most most people will rather let sh- certain shit go than to engage in the neck negativity of it. You don't want me to talk about Christianity and all I know. this. I don't want to go there. I'm just, I, I don't want to go there. all that. I want to go down to like real life examples. <laughs> like, oh uh, my how God. you get treated when, you, when you're at a restaurant or something like that. Listen. Black people will notice, will notice the mistreatment. You're like, you know what? I ain't never gonna come back here. Mm-mm. No, I ain't gonna say nothing. I ain't not. Gonna, I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna tell that bitch fifty cent. I ain't never coming back here. You know, but you know what? Why people don't do that. They call the man. I'm sorry. Excuse me. You need to come here and talk to me. Yeah. Um. This one here don't know how to talk to people. My drink is warm. My food is cold. Yeah. White people know what they are old, and can't nobody tell them nothing different. Yeah. But you know what? They also have a certain. Uh, they feel a certain way about it's an entitlement. An you entitlement. About entitlement. That's why I said they know what they are old, and can't nobody tell them different. Black people don't have that kind of attitude. It, but you know The thing about this I'll be honest with you I think it's because Of the fact that Don't get me wrong I think our parents Also trained us In many respects Religion also trained us mm-hmm. In many respects I think society Has trained us In many respects mm-hmm. And we look at the It's almost like That ghetto fabulous mentality mm-hmm. You go for what's convenient To make you feel mm-hmm. better Not yep. necessarily mm-hmm. That it is better Right Because you still mm-hmm. Lived in that Fucked up area. You still right. live in those poking beans. You still live in those right. that really um, uh, low income housing area. But it's the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah, it's the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Exactly. So you go for what's what's better. So what do you want to do? And you know what? It's not just us that will do that. Everybody does that. That is that is the the nature of any animal on the planet. They're going to go for whatever is the easiest to get. But you know what? The I think the that makes that complicated for us is that we live in a very complex society where all kind of all of the low-hanging fruit come with shit attached to it. Okay? It does. All kinds of it does. It's it very does. it's much more complicated than just getting that low-hanging fruit and True. continuing on for the next day. I do. I do. I agree. You know with what that. I'm saying? I and that's that. the thing that we have to fight to define redefining our people like, "Hey guys, like let's stop going after the basic shit. Like you don't want to be on basic shit, right? Don't be basic then, bitch. Stop buying. <laughs> like stop wasting your money on buying shoes and clothes and all that bullshit. You actually you're Say, a bit, actually invest you're a your consumer. money. Right, exactly. I know, but you know what? I'm trying not to use all the traditional terms that we use cuz people have become sensitized to it in certain ways like, "Oh, here they go." Okay, okay. So that's why I say talk about it in a different manner. Be real with people. You want to be on some real nigga shit. Stop giving a white man your money. 
and, but you know what? It's hard to tell people that now. It is hard to tell people that, especially when you want. I listen. I see those mm-hmm. kids. They talk about the latest things so much, and they spin. They don't understand right. because their parents don't teach right. them the value in terms of what you say. have in your pocket. It's up to each one of us. Look, we need to bring back that saying: "Each one, teach one." Every single one of us who have that awareness, we need to make it a point. And it's not something that you necessarily need to go on a crusade about, but in your everyday life. You know, I got to say that. Every person that you interact. But, you know, I think that I think I, I maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I think there's also a little bit of a wild card in terms of minority. And I hate to say Latinos, you are the minority as can well. We also, can we also correct that too? I'm I'm not with the minority anymore. We are the rising majority. Can you please explain? The what do you mean explain? The, yeah. t- the statistics are already showing it that these these other groups, black, Latino, Asian, our populations are on the rise. Alright? Okay. White people, their population is on the low. But where do they side with? Because this is what I've noticed. I'm noticing a lot of Hispanics. I'm noticing a lot of saying they are actually making more distance between themselves and black people. Mm-hmm. Like as though they're not a part of that minority group. Right. That, and that's why and that's why I talked about the, the propaganda and comparing what is happening right now, this anti-intellectual movement that they have going on with the Nazi movement. Okay, in that it is forcing them to do that. They they are literally it's the divide and conquer tactic. They are telling them that being a person of color is undesirable. Even though they are. Of course they are. All right, we just concluded part one of the interview when it comes to life after the Trump election. Uh, We're going to continue with part two in a few days to make it a little quicker for you guys. Uh, We're going to talk about that again with Magic Mike. Stay tuned. Have a wonderful day.